sports and beer and so much more hottest topics on the cutting room floor bunch of friends having a blast get ready for the beer bread podcast Hello and welcome to another edition of Beer Breath. On today's episode, we will talk about uh, the fight that happened over the weekend, or maybe just the antics that happened after the fight. We will also uh, be interviewing uh, one of our older friends, Travis Seip, uh from Waverly, Kansas, a little preview of the Welcome to Waverly series that will be airing on Bravo. Um but before we do that, we have to start every show like we start every Wednesday show from now on with the beer review. So today's beer is the Lucky Bucket Brewing Company Jug Thumper Brown Ale. Where's That's amazing. Brewing? 10 out of 10 on the, uh, on the name. It is brewed in La Vista, Nebraska. So um, just it's a 5.5% alcohol, a favorite of any bluegrass-loving jug player. <laughs> What's a jug? It's like the. It's like this. But yeah, like with oh, okay. a big jug. Okay, a favorite of any bluegrass loving jug player. We've packed two row barley with caramel and chocolate malt to make a beer that's music to your lips. Dude, pretty good little branding there. Yeah, looks good. I like the, I like the looks of like it's kind of like retro looking. Mm-hmm. Kind of looks like a root beer. Am I? Yeah. Am I completely wrong? Doesn't that look kind of retro? Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, it's all it's just brown, <laughs> brown, brown, everything. and like it's like either block lettering or cursive lettering. Yeah, I like it. So we will sip on those, and then um, to wrap up, we will. Uh, I guess we'll just rate it, give it a yay or a nay. The thumbs up, thumbs down. Sam is excluded <laughs> from that. Sure. Yeah. Unless he randomly just picked up a, a six or a jug thumper. I don't think he did though. <laughs> That's true. Good. I don't know. Who knows? It's good. Um, yeah, the the caramel chocolate. I can see that. I can taste that. Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking a little bit. It's kind of entering into almost a Shiner type of consistency. It's like a Bach beer almost. Yeah, it's yeah. a Bach. Like so, I'm no beer connoisseur, but yeah. Yeah, none of us are beer snobs, but it's good. Uh, <sighs> yeah, Lucky Bucket. Okay, it's in the package. Uh, brown everything. Uh, the Sixer case is a normal six-pack case, unlike the Fest beer that we got last week. Which is the most insane casing of all time. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, not eco-friendly. The Lucky Bucket's a little more eco-friendly. The The Nebraska part gets me. Um, <laughs> Nothing good comes out of Nebraska. Yeah, I mean... You know, I hear that Nebraska is one of the top states for golf. <clears throat> Dude, they, they say, and listen, I'm no beer... We just said this, but Omaha is, like, huge for craft brews. It's, like, one of the biggest craft brew scenes really? in the Midwest. Yeah. That makes sense. Maybe Nebraska is just, like, a sleeper state. Good at everything except for having anything fun to do. Yeah. I don't know. They have There's nothing else. Good beer, evidently. I I peripherally good things. Nothing yeah. really good to begin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not mainstream else to good. Not mainstream. Nothing else to do except grow corn and make good beer, I guess. Yeah, celebrate a team that's not that good at football. Hey. <laughs> We're trying to do that down here. <laughs> it's, it's a fantastic hogging struggle. We're not even going to talk about football today or this week because no point on anything. <clears throat> One thing we will talk about, though, is going to be the UFC fight that happened over the weekend. So I didn't watch it because 
I have time to spend elsewhere right now, uh, unfortunately. But I know that all you guys did. Unfortunately. Well, I don't mean it like that. It's a it's a good thing, but I mean, would have much rather been watching sports than trying to sleep for 15 minutes before I had to get up and change a poopy diaper. I uh, unfortunately didn't get to make it out to Manhattan to the watch party. Uh, I got caught up doing some other stuff at home, uh, but I did just wait 10 minutes after the fight and got to see everything on Twitter. Um, so <laughs> I, I got a pretty good grasp as as to what happened. Um, but Phil and Trey were uh, <clears throat> part of the watch party at Phil's house. So what maybe up? just recap what exactly did happen both in the beer and er, in the beer. Whoa. both in the fight and post fight. So, uh, fights. There's a bunch of good fights mm-hmm. uh, leading up to it. Um, even the girls, the two girls kicked the shit out of each the, other. The, what was it? I think it was the three right before the main one were probably yeah, the best which fights. Was the, which was the... The two girls. Derek, two no, girls no, there first. was... That, that was the fourth one before it. Three uh, leading up to the main one? Yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the, it was the girl, two girls, Derek Lewis and the... Russian Rush, Russian, and then... The two dudes that blow fucking everywhere. Tony Ferguson's in something Pettis. Yeah. And the heavyweights are, I'm no, like, MMA pro, but the heavyweights are slow, so it's a little less, um, it's a little less entertaining for the whole duration, but just like that fight ended, he fucking, they punch hard, dude. my God. Holy hell. They, like, because they have the camera guys sitting, like, on top of the cage, kind of, they stand with the camera pointing down. And the mic was right there, and you'd, they'd hit each other in the shoulder, and you just hear a crack. It's like, God damn, yeah, dude. They're throwing heavy hands. So, and normal, they're huge. That's 6'7. Knocked- the Russian's yeah. 6'7. Yeah, he was massive. He looked like the Russian off Rocky. Yeah. It's like Drago. So it yeah, you don't. When those heavyweight fights, you're not scared of getting knocked out. You're scared of the dude breaking your neck yeah. when he punches you. Well, that, so. Getting so, knocked out is like a benefit. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I hope I get knocked out because so, I'm not. This guy's just going to beat me to shit. Entertaining wise, I really think the fight right before that was Pettis and, and mm-hmm. Ferguson was like the most entertaining for sure but the the highlight of it obviously besides the whole Khabib and it, it's Habib I guess it's not uh, Khabib I think it's Khabib I heard I, people calling him Habib I heard both. the Kansas way is Khabib yeah the so way whatever is. Khabib McGregor the coolest part was the post interview after uh Lewis and I think it's Vol- Vol- Volkov was that his name or something I don't vodka know. something like that yeah yeah. The coolest part was like that dude was getting the shit kicked out of him. The Russian was like far and away. It wasn't even oh, yeah. close. Oh yeah, the Russian dude was kicking his ass. And then literally, man, he just <clears throat> swung that one fist late. It and was, hit him so hard. It was a stiff it was funny because the Russian dude goes in for a punch and Derek Lewis stiff jab just straight to his chest mm-hmm. and then like overhand right. Yeah. Teed oh off on my god! Dude, when they slow mo those things and you see like their jaw rock, oh my. and then and then the worst thing that I I thought about the whole entire night it was like the worst part of the night. <clears throat> well, coolest I guess I don't know. You're watching two people fuck human cockfight, but so literally he hits him and then the Russian falls over like they always do. But he was still kind of there, like he wasn't out. He was just cracked. Yeah. And then Lewis came down and hit him again. And by this point, I don't know if it was the first hit or the second hit. He didn't have a mouthpiece in. Oh. And then Lewis drops, like, three more hard shots. And one of those three, like, he literally, like, he went completely gone. Like, you could see his eyes go, and just, like, wasn't focused. Just dead. And he just went, like, out. And I just, all I could think was, dude, like, it hurt to get hit with a mouth, mouthpiece in, but without it, and he, like, just blah, 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 shaking around. Teeth rattling. Oh, that was a big old boy to catch a haymaker from. 
And then obviously the coolest part of that was his post-fight interview. <laughs> his balls was, was hot. Balls was hot. So balls his post-fight hot. interview, if you guys haven't watched it, I'll play the audio here just really quick. But probably one of the most epic uh, post-fight interviews of all time. I'm here with the winner, Derek Lewis. Derek, why don't you take your pants off? My balls was hot. <laughs> I understand. I understand. <laughs> what you just said was absolutely phenomenal. That was an incredible comeback victory. And it, it shows one of the reasons why people love to watch you fight. That you can put it all to bed with one shot. I told them, boys, I got nothing to hold. You know, keep underestimating me. See, I ain't all that technical and all that, but see, I'm getting there. Fuck it. I'm getting there. Fuck it. No question your heart, sir, after this. Let's take a look at the knockout. This is a come-from-behind knockout for likes that we haven't seen in a long time. And you were looking for that big haymaker all night. You found it in the last minute of the fight. Talk us through this, Derek. I forgot a few hours before the fight. Donald Trump called me and told me I got knocked this Russian motherfucker out. They make him look bad on the news. You know, him and Putin and shit. Fuck what they talking about. USA and his hoe. Fuck. USA and his hoe, fuck. You came in this fight the number two contender with that knockout. You're absolutely one of the top guys in line for a shot at the title next. So tell us what you think about that. I need to sit my black ass down and do some more cardio. Fuck what you talking about right now. I ain't trying to fight for no title right now. Don't have no gas tank like that. Shit. You're one of the most entertaining guys in the sport. Congratulations on an amazing victory. And thank you very much for a really, really entertaining fight. Thanks for having me. Hey, maybe next week or sometime, about two weeks from now, I'm going to come on your show and smoke some weed with you. Anytime, sir. <laughs> and you got the best Instagram in the game. I'll tell you right now. Derek Lewis, ladies and gentlemen. So, so wait, wait. <laughs> that live was fucking insane. Did you see his? So beyond that, it's no reason to go watch it. But there's a seven minute interview he did with like Bisbing and those guys on the Fox desk. Yeah, I saw. And this. they're like, "What are you gonna do to after celebrate? This? Yeah, what are you gonna do to celebrate?" He's like, "I don't know. Probably gonna go home and throw my wife's legs in the air and see what happens." <laughs> like just a uh, insane mug. <laughs> He's such a badass. <laughs> Sam, are you with us today? <clears throat> yeah, I'm here. Just checking. You're awfully quiet over there. Yeah. Um, no, I mean I saw this, the the same stuff. I didn't I didn't see the fight, but yeah, that guy. I was we were texting the group chat. He might be that might be the greatest post game interview of any like anything I've ever witnessed. Like obviously the coaches blowing up and stuff is cool, but um, for an athlete, um, he's exhausted after. Obviously, after that fight, to have like to say that awesome stuff, I don't know. I thought it was pretty cool. It I was mean, hilarious. Like, what's awesome about it is it wasn't even like a passion driven. I mean, it could have been, I guess, but it's not like I think of like the Richard Sherman when he broke up the pass between Crabtree and he's just like he started like going off to Aaron Andrews about how he was better or like the halftime interview and he's like, they got us in the first half or whatever yeah. that thing, like just funny shit. But this is like one right after another. Yeah. Like, and he literally had nothing left. Like you could hear it in his voice. He was talking and he'd go, <gasps> the fuck you talking about? They <laughs> sit my black ass down. Dude. And it's his job, but Joe Rogan, like responding and how he responded. He is really good. Yeah, he was like, was so- no one's going to question your heart after he said some shit about <laughs> Donald Trump calling. <laughs> so funny. So moving on from that, we got Khabib versus Connor. 
the fight of the year they were calling for, the fight of Dude, the century they, yeah, they, were they were calling for. Calling Dude, it like okay. the best fight of all time for So them. normally when McGregor comes out, you guys have seen him fight before, I guess, your highlights. Normally when he comes out, he's going fucking insane in the ring, like crawling around and shit. And to me, like he walked out, I was like, damn, he's pretty calm for this. And then he gets into the ring, I'm like, he's not doing anything. He's very calm. So I was like, something ain't, something ain't right here. I don't know what it was. He, he, he didn't... He just did know. his one little strut with his arm. He looked like he got too drunk the night before or something. He was hungover. Drop a drill, bitch. He just fought the biggest man on planet Earth yeah. in his weight division. Yeah. And he probably is a little humbled by getting his ass kicked when he was talking all this smack to yeah. fucking yeah. Mayweather. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, no, I I think, so to be honest, I was listening to an interview um, recently after the fight with his coach. And his coach was actually like kind of impressed. Like they did what, like he said, he's going to take you down in the first, you're going to have to try to hurt him. He's going to take you down in the first and then don't try to get up because that's how people wear themselves out because he's literally the master of like holding people down and wearing them out. Like he's won, like, I don't think it's Olympic, but world championships and like Sambo and something else. Mm -hmm. So he's just better than everyone else at that. And then, um, he's like in the second, like, so if you watched and I, and I don't, I'm no MMA pro, but I watch it like the rest of us. Like, I'm looking for that crack, like the Derek Lewis mm-hmm. crack. But um, he was saying that, like, to that point, he was, like, following the plan. Like, they wanted him to, like, fight through two and three and then can even get cocky and wait for one right in the chin. And if you watched in three, first and second round, he, like, staved off a couple takedowns. Mm-hmm. Like, he defended well. And those were actually points. So, like, where it didn't look close, most people were saying it was, like, 10-9 and then, like, 10-8 instead of, like, in, like, like one point, two points in uh, – Khabib's favor and then the third round like he started to do what mm-hmm. Khabib's known for like walking him down with his hands down like getting cocky and Connor like was getting ready to catch him but he just never quite could and then Khabib took him down fuck him I think again. if Khabib landed that I can't remember what round it was he landed that one punch and knocked him down yeah I think that's what that was the uh, icebreaker uh, yeah it was like it was it middle or end of round two he mm-hmm. came over that strong right overhand and popped him real hard yeah caught him by surprise we sure. talked about that too we talked I mean Connor's not He's not going to sit up there and, you know, bang people out Mm-mm. with everybody else, but he's just going to chisel you away. Imagine just, if he just sat up there and banged people out. Yeah. Well, that's what they, it's UFC talk. Just hold on. <laughs> just hold on. <laughs> Let me fucking bang, bro. <laughs> anyway, uh, Connor's just going to like chisel away and then let you make one mistake and then just catch and, you. Yeah. And then just catch penalize you. you for it. Yeah. Um, I mean, so that's like Trey said, it's just, it's part of the plan. Don't wear yourself out. You're not going to keep, this guy from taking you down and wrestling you and getting you on the mat. So just let him make a mistake and then go from there. Unfortunately, he just he couldn't get there. And then round four got caught in a pretty bad spot. Yeah. Got in a chokehold. And now I'm no, and choke. I'm no Connor like supporter or even a Khabib supporter. I was just there to watch a fight, but um, it was cool to watch Khabib like a master of his craft, just out, out duel him. Yeah. Um, he was out for fucking blood. Yeah. And then it all oh, shit. Then absolutely yeah. And then insane. really yeah. out for blood. So obviously if you haven't seen everything got like insane post fight, like Khabib taps him with like, they call the rear naked choke. But if you watch it, it's like a, it's like a neck. Gonna twist. Snap like, his, yeah. snap his He's neck. like got his head, his chin down, but he was so fucking strong that he was like pulling his head in and away from his body. So like his head was like, cracking like this it wasn't he was obviously probably getting choked out but more or less he was like cranking his neck in a direction that was about to fucking break it so he taps and uh obviously gets up and starts yelling throws his mouthpiece at the at connor's corner Mm -hmm. and then i haven't seen it but um dylan dennis is who he like went after who's like a middleweight a little bit bigger than them in terms of weight 
um, jujitsu guy, Connor's coach, jujitsu coach. And I guess he was saying a lot of shit and they said he's, he's a big internet troll. So he's probably saying stuff to their camp up leading up to it, just like Connor was. And then I guess I didn't see it, but when he threw his mouthpiece, Dennis like waved like, Hey bitch, come on, which they, oh, it's shit. normal in MMA. So mm-hmm. he like waved him. That's what they're saying. You know, he just was saying stuff and then coaxing him out and then could be jumped out obviously at him, mm-hmm. which Again, it's MMA, so I think that's probably all part of it. It's one MMA guy punching another MMA guy, but then when it got real fucked up is when people started hopping in the ring and punching mm-hmm. Connor. Punching Gregor, yeah. Other people were jumping Khabib when he was out of the stands. Like, it got really crazy then. Which begs a question. Is it real? Somebody else can go and then I'll talk. Sam, is it real? Was that real or was it staged? Well, I didn't say so. Mike um, was obviously talking about it more. Um, as far as the, the camera angles and everything like that. But what I was listening to today was they were talking about it. So you guys can speak more to it that uh, a couple years ago, I, I forget, or was it when McGregor rocked the, the bus or whatever, but he said that Connor would never fly to get Dana White did. Uh, something like that. Yeah. I think you're not, I don't think you're wrong. Yeah. So I, I forget the exact scenario, but he said that. And then, uh, he also said about uh, the um, the guy that was in his jiu-jitsu coach that you were just talking about, Trey. Yeah. Uh, they also said he'll never fight again. Dana said that. Yeah. And like that. I mean, the the showmanship and all of it is just generating more buzz for the rematch. So I mean, it, it's hard to say maybe that it was all staged, but at the same time, there's no way they're mad about it. Besides it, like kind of looking crazy, but yeah. like, is it really bad? I mean, I would yeah. never know anything about any of it, like, besides all that stuff, right? And Because I'm not a fan, like, even the slightest at all. I actually hate the sport in general. Um, but, like, I, I mean, it got my interest and, and got me to, you know, look into it and listen to about it, and I'm not going to pay any attention to the sport, like, at all. So, I mean, it's, it's generating something. <laughs> Maybe I'll watch the rematch now, so. <clears throat> they, I, I find it hard to think that it's staged and faked the the aftermath the the brawl at the end um without thinking that the entire fight was staged um i think if you think one's fake you gotta think the entire everything leading up to it's fake all of that um with with the camera angles if trey's gonna talk about the camera angles mike would be here absolutely fuming about the camera angles i'm sure um i don't i don't see it i don't see that perspective at all um the thing is is that it, if you think it's fake, like a fighter jumping out of the ring and just you full leap into the crowd is not good. I mean, yes, it's Connor's camp, but they're not that they're inches away from the crowd. So you're you, to say that that was staged by the UFC. I, I, I can't get behind that. So he's right. I, I'm not saying it's fake. I'm saying Mike's point is true. If you watch it, Tell me it doesn't feel like you're watching fucking John Cena and so-and-so <laughs> fighting. Like, tell me it doesn't look like he's jumping underneath the stage to grab a chair and swing it somewhere. <laughs> but I will say the camera angles. The one part that I thought was really weird that just it was called a coincidence, call it whatever. I'm not saying I think it's fake because obviously there's true hatred in that. If you watched the lead up, like Connor was going at like or, uh, Khabib's like family, like mm-hmm. their heritage and like their people. Like he's yeah. going after yeah. So... Part of me thinks Connor's too smart to do that. That's why I think that might have been staged because say what you will, Connor's absurd and ridiculous. He doesn't just do that. He's a businessman, just like Mayweather's he's a businessman. Business yeah. He's making fucking money. Um, 
But the one part that's weird with camera angles is there's... So an MMA fighter just dove into the stands to fight another MMA fighter that's in the camp with his with this guy that fought. That's cool. That's one thing. You'd think that's the biggest news piece going on. They're looking at that thing. If you watch the camera angle, and, and I was watching it live, and I had had some drinks, so I was pretty vol- like gullible. <laughs> so the, the camera angles actually weren't a factor. Trace just I watched the angle. replay. I watched the replay through Trace so, lens. But when me and Mike were talking about it, if you look, they're like you'd think they would only want to pay attention. You'd only want to pay attention to the dude in the fucking stands. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason. Just all of a sudden, out of the 36 camera angles in that whole entire arena, they just pan perfectly to watch this dude sprinting towards the fence, jump over the fence, and then piece Connor up. Not one, but two. Yeah, there's two of them. It just happened to be that perfect time, because yeah. he wasn't on the fence when they panned out. Uh-huh. He was running towards the fence when they panned out. You, Tell, you, us, you, Tell us, Dom. Tell us, Dom. Well, okay, so, I mean, everything was getting broken up at that point. So, the camera angle, it, it wasn't right out. It wasn't during... Khabib's jumping in the stands and stuff like that. And so the camera angle doesn't like turn. I just keep thinking about fucking lizard lick towing and shit like that. Like those reality TV shows where you pan and not pan, you turn directly towards something else that's happening like right at the same time. Oh, that's not staged at all. No, the camera angle is zooming out and panning and perfectly centering up the octagon to show the crowd <clears throat> and kind of size that to what else what else is going on I was going to say so, I was going to say at that point when a professional MMA fighter is down by the stands fighting what are you what are you going to do put a camera that's right fucking there on him it's like no you're obviously going to pull it back in MMA <clears throat> when that's like what you're selling is fighting you think him in the stands fighting another fighter would probably be news enough to zoom in on well yeah but my okay. my initial my initial thought was that you know that camera guy is just zooming out and then centering up the stage because you can put it into perspective what the hell is actually going on yeah. so you you're looking at this brawl that's happening in the stands let me pull you back and show you the brawl in comparison to the crowd like this is a big brawl it's not like he turned specifically on that dude, Khabib's guy that jumped over the fence, or he was looking at Connor. He, he zooms out and gets like the whole picture and centers up the octagon. And, and like I said, it could be a total coincidence, but I just mm. feel like coincidences aren't that real. Like, there's not a lot of times that coincidences are completely just coincidences. No. And it just happened to just. Let's if if you're saying they didn't want to watch him in the stands, then why the fuck did they zoom in on him to begin with? Mm-hmm. So they zoomed in on him, and then they were like, oh. "And again, I'm not arguing that it's fake because clearly there was hatred. Khabib wouldn't have done yeah. what he did because he Connor's probably good enough and smart enough to be an actor. Let's be honest, Khabib. Like if you ever listen to him talk in an interview, he's got broken English at best. He wouldn't just storm into the stands very good and pretend to act anything out. Mm-hmm. Like well, and on top of that. I mean, that's like an act of passion yeah. coming out of that. And again, I support he's, that it's probably real, but it's, yeah. Mike's not. He's not crazy. going into it being like, oh, I'm going to get a huge fine for this and be suspended for God knows how long. He's thinking, that guy's talking shit. I'm going to go kick his fucking face yeah. in. After Imagine your, after testosterone your, that he has going through his body. So after your point. loss in the moment of winning that yeah. fight, too. Cause, I mean, because after the fight, he obviously got on the mic and was like, he attacked. Me, my family, my religion, my people, everything. And he's yeah. like, that's not how this is. This is an honor sport. And then. Well, we might have to give Mike. Mike is not with us this week, but we might have to give him a, an opportunity next week to kind of defend his angle. What I will say, and this is indisputable, the happiest person in that, in that arena was Dana White. Because that is good for business. Money, money, money. Eyes on your, on your product there. there that is 
uh, gift awarded to you. And then he had to do a little PR afterwards. Well, we don't really want that. It's unacceptable. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, bullshit. He's like, fuck yeah. I'm going to go out and get tanked tonight. <laughs> yeah, he just was backstage with McMahon discussing what he needs to do yeah, next. Like, Woo! What do I need to do? Do I need to get Ric Flair out Rick there and start screaming? Be out there. That'd be badass. So, well, let's move on then to um, Travis uh, Sipe. So, Travis uh, is, uh, like I said, a, a friend of ours back from high school. So, we will talk to him about his life uh, and the upcoming show uh, that is premiering later this month on Bravo, uh, which would be Welcome to Waverly. So, Okay, and now we have Travis Sipe with us. Travis is uh, the proud owner and founder of Sipe's Lawn Care and Duckwild Waterfowl. He also um, serves as the Waverly Rec Director uh, and is currently coaching several sports in Waverly Junior High and High School. So, Travis, thanks for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. I'm excited. So, you have a full resume of stuff that you're involved in right now, it sounds like. Yeah, I'm great at nothing and, like, <laughs> average at everything. So tell us a little bit more about Sipes Lawn Care and the Duckwild Waterfowl. <clears throat> well, to start with, I like to tell people that uh, I like to work like a Mexican in the summer and a Canadian in the winter. <laughs> uh, Is so, that on your branding? Like, do you have that on your, your be, logo? No. Business card. We know a guy. No, that basically pisses off, like... It pisses off one type of people during each type time of the year. So, <laughs> so, yeah, but right, it's funny to me. So, whatever. I literally have no filter. So, <laughs> might not be good for this podcast. But no, it's, no, it's, um, it's actually great. For this podcast. <laughs> so yeah, so I I mow. I have about sixty lawns. Um, that's actually what I'm coming home from right now, and that's fun and whatever. And then in the winter time. I guide duck and goose hunts, and I'm actually we're finishing up the lodge right now. I I bought a 110 year old church wow. out in the middle of out in the middle of nowhere. It's actually two miles off of 75 Highway, so even you Linden folks could find it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we're renovating it as we speak, and uh, as long as it doesn't completely bankrupt me, it will be. Pretty cool. Yeah, that sounds that's sick. Not, yeah, that sounds badass. <clears throat> so how does somebody get started in that if they wanted to go on like a, a guided hunt? Well, I, most of my stuff, people find me on social media. Um, this is your opportunity yeah, to plug. plug. <laughs> oh, I got you. Yeah, you guys got you guys are just teeing it up for me. Yeah, so you can find me on you guys can find me on social media. Just type in Duckwild Waterfowl on Facebook and Instagram. I have a Twitter too. That I just don't use anymore really for business. Business Twitter isn't very good, but Instagram's coming on strong and Facebook is and always will be pretty good. Yeah. Um, so you can check me out there. We got a website, duckwildwaterfowl.com. Um, and I'll be on different hunting podcasts. So some of you, some listeners probably cross over. Sports and hunting kind of go hand in hand, at least in the Midwest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can check me out those places. No, that's pretty awesome. So then on top of that, then you have the Waverly Rec Director and then coaching. So you got, you're busy just all the time. Pretty much. My coaching after this year, well, I'll tone it back a little bit just because my other businesses have grown so much. Yeah. Um, the brag. city stuff. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that. I just, <laughs> there's only so much time in a day. Hopefully I can start making some real money doing this stuff. But yeah. 
the city stuff doesn't take a ton of time. Um, I have to organize the baseball teams and the basketball teams basically. And then during the summer, I got to keep, keep the baseball fields in check, which is not super hard. It takes a couple hours a day, but my dad actually did it when I was little, which turned into me doing it for free. <laughs> so at, at least at this point in my life, I'm actually getting paid something for it. So that's nice. Well practiced. Practice it? Practice? Practice? Yeah, I don't know about that one. Practice it has broken <laughs> out all of the p- possible syllables that you could have. So a little background with uh, with Travis. Uh, he was in class 2011, so that would have been the same as uh, Trey and I. And so we always competed against him in sports and sometimes with him in sports as far as um, MAYB basketball and, and different type of stuff like that goes. So uh, what's your what's your favorite memory as, as an athlete? Gosh, well, it's kind of tough. My most recent one was in college because I was a dumb, a dumbass kind of and ran track. <laughs> and, uh, basically because I was too short and unathletic to do anything else. But I, when I finally broke 50 in the 400 and started running 49, so that was cool. Um, nice. and then I was basically tapping out all my, potential there and shitty genetics from my parents <laughs> hey that's burning but, that's yeah burning. yeah so i think my dad was just as proud as i was because he's like god dang i didn't know i could produce something like that <laughs> uh, but i don't know as far as high school goes i and i enjoyed everything and competing against you guys was nice but i remember i was thinking back on it and we really never had a close game either you guys beat the shit out of us or we beat the shit out of you guys. Yeah, that's yeah, actually about pretty right. much right. And it doesn't make any sense, but it is what it is. And obviously, we played eight man football, so we didn't play you guys in football. But and I think uh, we have a vivid memory of when we played together. Actually, at least it was vivid for Trey and I. So much so that we actually uh, took a picture of the scoreboard after we lost. That was the year that we played with him, right, Trey? Yeah, that was. We were in Kansas City. You remember this, Travis? And we were playing. I can't remember the name of the team. It was like the Puma the Kansas City Kansas City Bruins. We lost one hundred and one to thirty. Yeah, yeah. I hit a I hit a three at the buzzer to make it thirty. Yeah. Such a miserable. We got the ever loving shit kicked out of us, and we were the closest game to those guys that tournament. Yeah. I think like. Yeah, and you that you were. Yeah, that was something else. <laughs> yeah. When you take a picture of the scoreboard afterwards and you lost, then that's uh, quite the feat. I don't think I've ever been so politely like killed in a game before. Like they were just kicking the shit out of us and like not talking or nothing. They were just being pretty nice. Yeah, and then I distinctly remember our dads afterwards just like impressed. They're like, "Is there a program somewhere we want to get the names of these kids <laughs> when they're playing?" When they're playing D1, yeah. then we can know who they are and yeah. tell everybody how they used to beat the shit out of our own kids. <laughs> how we didn't let this one team that was in the A bracket get past half court in the first half. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was rough. That was rough. So, um, being an outdoorsman, obviously you're, you're very accomplished <clears throat> as far as your sports goes and, and your business. Uh, on a personal level, though, from your outdoorsman um past i guess uh your experiences so far what's been your biggest i guess accomplishment maybe outside of your business as far as uh hunting goes um well gosh i don't know getting getting the youth involved or people that don't hunt involved in it is something i try to do and i mean growing up i got my brother kind of going my dad got me going and then as i got older my dad stopped going so much and uh i 
took Tanner. I remember distinctly remember getting my brother his first turkey, and then the last two years I've gotten my fiance her first turkey. So she shot two Jakes her first year turkey hunting, and last year she shot the biggest tom I've ever seen in my entire life, and it's bigger than anyone I will ever shoot and she will ever <laughs> shoot. So. She's got me beat on the turkey department already, uh, but that was a pretty proud moment because she didn't grow up doing it or anything like that. So I imagine that with the guided hunts, you have a lot of people that shoot their first animal, first bird. Yeah, quite a bit. Um, and those people are they're the they're the best customers because they're the easiest ones to please. Yeah, at least originally. If we're some groups come and, you know, they could come every year for three days and we can just smash birds. And you might think they're the happiest customer ever. And then, like, you have one year where the hunting just isn't as good and you're hunting a wild animal. So there's only so much you can control. <laughs> yeah. And they just all of a sudden there's they went they go from the nicest guy and you think you're really good friends with them. And then they're just the biggest asshole on the planet. And they think it's all your fault. And I'm like, dude, sorry, man, I tried like. <laughs> I've only I've only driven two thousand miles in the last three days, <laughs> but so sorry I didn't try and work hard enough for you. Like I can sleep in February, but never mind. So one of the things that I know that we were asked about a lot uh, and we saw on TV was the um, Welcome to Waverly show that'll be premiering on Bravo yesterday. I guess <laughs> since we're pre-recording this on Monday and it'll air on on Wednesday. Uh, I believe it airs this week. Correct us if we're wrong, because you're no, kind of the it inside. Is, it airs October 22nd, actually. Okay, well, we had faulty intel then. Uh, look at us. Tomorrow, tomorrow's not the 22nd? <laughs> <laughs> Time oh, flies, so man. It, it, it really is, especially now you got me thinking about when this is going to air and this and that. Um, there's actually some people on Twitter that have listened to every Beer Breath podcast since we were tweeting back and forth. Really? Um, waiting to hear me on here, I guess. So whatever, I, I gotta be careful with what I'm saying, who I'm talking about. We're gonna we're gonna postpone this episode then for a couple weeks. <laughs> <laughs> well, the bad problem is I get married on Saturday and then I'm I'm gone for a week. So on my honeymoon, so people can. If your if your fiance no, listens to, listens to this, that's a good problem. Yeah. Not a bad problem. Yes, <laughs> yes, for for sure. So maybe I'll have to come back on after it airs and everything. But a little background on it. So after watching the previews, they kind of spin it like it's almost a game show or contest or something. And that is not what happened at all. They were here for a couple months, a couple different stints, actually. And I'm sure some of them have went and did a job for a day. Like a couple of them cut hair in New York City. So they went and followed a lady in town that cuts hair and a couple of them are chefs. So they went and hung out with, uh, Doug Henry, um, sure. which we could, I'm sure you guys know Kyle. We could probably all just go on a whole podcast talking about Kyle Henry. <laughs> um, but I, I know I sure could. That dude, that dude's got like nine lives. Man. He's like a cat. <laughs> but anyways, uh, so they followed him around and like, if you guys watch that preview, there's one point where the big black guy asked Doug, why are all the chickens on the other side of the coop? Like, why won't they get near me? And Doug goes, well, they've never seen a black guy before. <laughs> and there's, there's a couple other racy comments in there, which it was all done in good fun. Like you got to understand these people around for two months yeah. and they became friends. And, uh, so there's one point playing basketball where I'm sure. Like they have old man ball in Waverly at Sundays, 
just like they do in Linden and everywhere else. And I I was mic'd up for the basketball game. So (laughs) I tried to keep it PG thirteen, but like at one point that same big old black dude. Oh, no, don't say it, Tanner. Don't do this. Tore his ACL. Oh, he tore his ACL. Yeah, he tore, yeah, he tore his ACL. And by the way, they're the worst, they're the worst basketball players I've ever been around. My <laughs> so like, it wasn't even fun. Although Josh Teal can't jump like he used to. So like, we're trying to get him alley-oops and he kept missing them. And I'm like, dude, this is going on TV. Like, you better start throwing him down or I'm just going to start shooting from half court. And at one point he tears ACL and I went and go, they kept calling me coach. So I, I'm sure they're going to spin it as I'm one of the coaches. They kept referring to me as coach. And at one point, I don't think I sit, called the guy a pussy, but <laughs> I, basi- I basically called him out and was like, you got to get off the damn court because we got to play, man. You're going to get the beep on, on Bravo, on national television. You're going to get the beep. Let's go. Probably so. But there's that one dude cutting hair I saw in the preview, and he kept trying to bring the ball up the floor and like, he was so bad. I just thought he was a horrible basketball player. And then, like, afterwards, you get to know him more. And he's, like, the coolest gay guy I've ever been around. And, like, <laughs> on the ba- you'll watch him on the basketball court, and he is more queer than a $3 bill. And it just, like, they were, they were so stinking bad. I'm sure I look like a tryhard out there. Too, but. Dude, I'm pumped to watch just for that. Watch Travis Sype just go off. Let's go. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little nervous. About what I actually said and what I actually do. Like, I hope I actually, like, look decent. Because if I look bad, like, everything I know about my life is pretty much a lie. <laughs> it's like watching tape, but the whole world gets to watch a tape. Yeah, and basically. Whoever's editing can spin it in whatever way that they want. It'll probably exactly. show you, like, dribbling off your foot and the other guy taking you to school yeah. on some. He's, like, blowing right by you or something when yeah, you're taking sure. a easy on him. I'll, I'm sure it won't be on one of the first episodes, but if they start on the first few episodes, start spewing things to make Waverly look bad, I'm going to get real nervous because that's probably what's coming. <laughs> okay, so there but, was a couple of times when we were watching the preview that we thought, like, this isn't going to be good for Waverly because there's like a video of somebody eating a possum or something like that. and we're just like, Yeah, that was actually over at Guy and May's, I believe. And I don't know where the possum joke came. It's not that far from Waverly. Yeah, um, yeah. I know they went. They went to some other places, somewhat local. And people, there is people in town worried that it's going to make us look bad. Yeah. And I actually had one person come up and say, "We're going to look like dumb hillbillies." And I'm like, "We are dumb hillbillies." <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. Like it's fine. And some people are like, think some of the racist jokes are a little bit too far, and like. <laughs> Everybody knew it was a joke, and if ever if you can't take a joke, then that's just your own fault. I don't care what color you are. Like I hung out with, I was teammates with fifty black dudes. Like they'd rather you make good jokes and be able to take the jokes, and then you just be, everybody be weird because we're different colors. Like <laughs> that don't matter. So it'll all be cool. I used to at one point I, I wore a Made America Great Make America Great Again hat to track practice at Emporia State so <laughs> I'm not worried to ruffle a little feathers so, oh a little pun there maybe for uh, Duckwild Waterfowl <laughs> not, a, not afraid to uh, ruffle some bleeping feathers that's uh... <laughs> you're damn right I, I like it. one thing in the hunting I always like to depending on the group we get a, some older guys that just like to hunt and respect the game and whatever and i understand that part of it like i'm not all about the killing 
But like sometimes I'm all about the killing. Like I want to shoot him in the fucking face. <laughs> and I, being the guy that gets to call the shot all the time, that's what I do. I try to come up with the funniest things to say, um, which which can can be a bad thing. Like one time I yelled out, "Shoot him in the fucking dicks!" and everybody was laughing so hard. No one shot. <laughs> so, but it's 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 all in good fun. Like obviously, I'm doing it to make some money. Like I'm in a I'm running a business, but like I just like making people happy and forming friendships and the camaraderie and all that good natured fun. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Well, thanks for for joining us, Travis. We'll let you get back to uh, to the rest of your night here. We appreciate you sticking around with us. Uh, that is Travis Sipe, the owner and founder of Duck Wild Waterfowl and Sipes Lawn Care. So hit him up on social media. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. Hey, right, thanks, yep. Travis. Take care. Oh, yeah. Okay, so that was Travis. Uh, thank you for um, a, a great interview from Travis there. Um, go check him out on social media, like we said. But if, if you... Uh, I don't know what the fuck I'm saying right now. Uh, I'll chime in. There is one question, one very, very important question that we did oh, not get no. to ask, and we I just thought about it. it. I just thought about it, but we know Travis is listening, uh, listening to his beautiful voice on the podcast. So this final question that we have to ask, do you scrunch or do you fold? What are we waiting for Twitter for the yep. answer? Yep. Send it to us on Twitter. Add us. Tag us. Take a video. I don't know. Whatever you want to do. Maybe a little like a little video tutorial. tutorial of how he would do it. So, <laughs> Travis, uh, you're listening right now. This is what we want from you. Just a little, like, personal video tweeted at us how you would fold. Or you can DM us if you're Just ashamed assuming of he's a folder. <laughs> PG, PG. Whoa. Well, I'd send the majority, right? <laughs> I say to a scruncher. No, I say to a scruncher, a fold and scruncher. So, anyways, that'll be interesting to see that from Travis. So, be sure to follow us on social media for that. Um, so, to wrap up this show, then we have to give our final review of the Lucky Bucket Jug Thumper Brown Ale. Can I also say that maybe we should also investigate maybe a hunt with Duckwell Waterfowl Ooh. as a beer breath group? Oh, shit. Yeah. I, uh, just a thought. Just a thought. Keep going. What do you think his trigger word would be? Oh, uh, something terrible, I hope. <laughs> I've never... Or just, Beer Breath Podcast. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah, boom. I'd be, get, think of a vlog with that. Oh, oh God. Shit. Sorry, that's all I had. Now, let's go on with the beer. Balls in your court, Travis. <laughs> yeah, you know where to find us. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sure. so the... Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to do a last call and say, first off, that Travis is welcome back on the show anytime that he wants. Oh, yeah. Um, enjoyed having him. But, yeah, going into Lucky Bucket, the Jug Thumper, thumbs up, thumbs down. Would you refer it to a friend and or repurchase by again? Uh, I'll start. Okay. Thumbs up. I think it's good. For sure, thumbs up for me. Uh, I would say thumbs up as well. I'd say thumbs up. I think it's a lot better than if you listen to our episode last Wednesday where we did the Casey Beer Co. Uh, Fest beer. This is way better than that, I would say. Different. So, would you, different. It's tough. But, yeah. So, so, I read, I was reading while you guys were talking about it, just on Beer Advocate, um, just a beer rating thing, and it said it has like a chocolate, does it have a good amount of chocolate taste when you 
when you guys face it. Yeah. Not an I, overwhelming amount, but enough that you're like, so I don't, I'm not a, like a real sophisticated palate, but obviously it, I have some, some palate. Yeah, you can taste chocolate though. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I can taste it, but not like some, I had a beer this weekend and I won't speak on what it was, uh, but it was too much of something and I couldn't quite figure out what it was. This is not too much of chocolate is yeah. what I would say. Okay. Yeah, it's a subtle chocolate because yeah. I wouldn't like it if it was straight chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if it's just chocolate, chocolate in a beer bottle? Just... I'm just drinking Nutella, basically. <laughs> That'd suck. No, so. but they, they have those ones. Like, he's talking about you have, like, a blueberry ale, and it just tastes yeah. like blueberries. Mm-hmm. It tastes like you're drinking lemon pledge when it's got yeah. lemon flavoring. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's... I think they did it right. They yeah. Did it right. Sam, you should try to find it. That's good. It All right. Good. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I'll, I'll try and find it based on your guys' reviews. It's a good It's a good this time of year beer, if that sounds like it makes sense. It's, it's a good yeah. fall beer, for sure. All right. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Well, yep. Catch us again next week. You mean Friday? Uh, Friday, whatever. <laughs>